Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And I'm Molly. And you're listening to... Pimpod! Kia ora everyone and welcome to this week's episode. We have a real corker this week, don't we, Georgia? Yeah, such a great chat. We loved, loved, loved speaking to Anna. Yes. Um, You'll obviously hear more about her in a second, but it's a really great chat for anyone who's just wondering about, I guess, anything, child development and relationships and... Tricky behaviours, lots of different things. Yeah. Um, But yes, it is a long episode because we had about 900 questions for Anna, didn't we? If we did, (laughs) Once we got into it. (laughs) So we thought it'd be good to keep as much of that um, in this episode. Yeah, it's red. (laughs) To keep as much of that in this episode as possible and less of us. And we're going to get straight into it. This week, we're very excited to be chatting with the amazing Anna Mowat from Real Parents. Real Parents are a group of professionals who bring their diverse range of skills and knowledge in psychology, communications, social work, parenting, and teaching to support parents through seminars, private coaching, and parenting programs. Anna is the lead of an incredible resource called Sparklers as part of the All Right campaign. This is something that both Catherine and I have used many, many, many times in our own classrooms. She's also working on the Kakano app project, supporting parents to help their, ch- their kids work out those big tricky emotions, a trainer at the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience, and a facil- facilitator of incredible years. On top of all of this, Anna is also mum to two children aged 17 and 7. Anna, we feel incredibly privileged to be talking with you today about all of the wonderful projects and initiatives you're working on. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks like for having me. It was, it was hard to write the intro because there was just so much to include. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for yeah for having me here. It's always a real privilege to um, to talk to fellow parents. Um, we don't do it enough. And... Um, we don't do it enough authentically, I think. And, um, yeah, so I always welcome that opportunity. And, yeah, sorry for the long bio. I, yeah. <laughs> it's just a long <laughs> bio, a isn't it? You do a lot. <laughs> um, so, Anna, can you tell us a little bit more about um, how and why, why Real Parents started and what it is that you aim to do, yeah. if you can? Um, well, I guess one of the main aims of Real Parents for me is to make parenting feel less guilt-making and lonely. And um, I suppose my own experience and and what I've seen a lot of is parents, particularly mums, who become parents for the first time and even the second time and the third time. um, And and we expect that we're just going to be good at this because it's, you know, it should be natural. And, And then we discover that it's not <laughs> it's and it's not easy no. <laughs> um and and i think um and 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 that's common that's actually really common for people um but we don't know it at the time and mm. so that was a biggie for me and the other thing that's um really struck me or strikes me is that you know we go looking for help and often find that on social media 
and that can look um, well. One, I think the information that we you know we find there is unsolicited, but also it can look quite perfect. And even when you've got yes. um, social media icons showing us an imperfect day, we notice that the background's pretty perfect and that the washing's done and that you know that that. You know the, the 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 you know they've got a nice car. That is the sorts of things that you know we do pick up on as parents, and again contribute to that feeling of loneliness um, as well, or not not measuring up to some degree. And there, and there's there's lots of reasons for that. One because parenting is new to us; we've never been through this before. And even if we do it for the second time, it's often you know we've got a different temperament for you know um, or. Um, You've got yeah. another child, a toddler to be dealing with. Another with child <laughs> or a toddler to be dealing with. And, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I, that's what I kind of wanted to kind of reach out to. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I guess I just wanted, yeah, I just, yeah, I suppose the, the, the predominant thing is about supporting parents to, know that good enough is absolutely spot on perfect yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like I needed to hear that <laughs> it's funny I um, <laughs> I feel like my work is all I always say my work is very tamariki focused and around child around the child um but I say that, which is really interesting, because I don't actually work with a lot of children these days. I spend my life mm. working with parents and with teachers predominantly because I'm a big fan of influencing the influencers um, mm-hmm. and I suppose yeah and that's that's nice actually that's 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 nice to be doing that because yeah they have the biggest say in um, in, in a child's life yeah. yeah whether they're doing it perfectly or not yeah <laughs> yeah of course and that's I think you are the perfect parent for your child or yeah. children, aren't you? Yeah, I think there are some religions and cultures that talk about uh, parents, that children choose their parents, which is kind of a beautiful thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes, I, I guess, you know, it comes from a place where it's a privileged place, but there's also that thing about it reduces or removes some of that guilt. Um, yeah, yeah, which is kind of a lovely thing. Um, yeah. Oh, how yeah. nice. And so, and how would you say your own experiences in parenting um, have impacted the work that you do with other whanau? Oh, yeah, hugely. I guess, obviously, we have the clinical expertise, but I'm always drawing on my own experiences as a parent, almost first in some ways, because um, I know the challenges and I know that some yeah. days I'm inconsistent and I know that some days I'm really tired and I know that some days I just can't be bothered. <laughs> I know yeah. that some days I'd rather do that than have a fight on my hands. And mm-hmm. so I guess, yeah, those are the sorts of things that I need to kind of really consider and um, when I'm coming to a piece of writing or I'm working with parents or... Um, in order that, um, yeah, in order to, to, to keep things really real, yeah. 
Um, um, so, Anna, we know that you facilitate the um, Incredible Years program. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about it? Yeah, so the Incredible Years program is um, a free uh, parenting program um, fully funded by the Ministry of Education, bless their socks. And um, it's it's a well-known program. Uh, there's, you know, we have um, a lot, you know, we do have wait lists for it. So, um, yeah, it's well recognised and well regarded. It's a long program. <laughs> it's a it's a fourteen week program with us, and I um, always say that that length is the strength, and mm. and the reason for that is that um, the group forms. It's like, I guess, it's like um, if you if you were lucky enough to be involved with a beautiful Plunkett group. Um, yeah then that can be recreated or created for you if you haven't had that experience yeah. yeah and it also means that they you know that you know we're not the only experts in the room parents are experts themselves and so you, they get access to each other and each other's um experiences what's worked what hasn't mm-hmm. why um and then the other thing is as well is that they get access to us so there's two facilitators in the room we're all clinically trained in some way shape or form um, and we have weekly um, uh, contact with the parents on the course, and that includes quite a lot of coaching. Um, yeah, and it's a—I mean, you know—at the end of every one of those programs, I am—you know—there's that kind of mix of real joy that's the the you know that they're through it, and the attrition rate is yeah. is, is really low, extraordinarily low. Um, but also real sadness because you do form really connected relationships with those parents in the room and yeah oh, and yes. and it's a it's a um it's a space where we all get to be true and real and talk about the tough stuff and um yeah and and to hear that and to contribute in any kind of positive way as as a, um as yeah just again a problem a real privilege mm. yeah so why might um uh, um Fano decide that they'd like to be a part of um, the incredible years program and how do they go about um accessing it then yeah so why would they choose to come on board um so i guess there's sort of uh, a myriad of reasons really so the the program is for children age for parents of children aged three to eight um and yeah lots of different reasons uh lots of um i don't know i got, i guess because um parents want some sort of help with something that's reoccurring for them or they're really concerned about um mm-hmm. yeah and yeah and often our, um we have a mix of self referrals so people that have chosen to come there themselves and then referrals on from other organisations, particularly um, places like B4 School Checks, um, doctors, GPs, um, or physicians. Um, Yeah, and yeah. But that doesn't mean to say that they don't choose to be there. (laughs) It's just that that's how they heard about it, or or that's where something has been picked up. I, yeah, so the way that people enrol is in incredible years is by they can just come to our website, uh, realparents.org.nz. Um, and even if they hit the 
contact us button and put incredible years in it and some way to get in touch with them that will get them sorted and we'll be in touch in order right. to get them registered onto the program yeah okay yeah. Well, easy that's really good to know um, and so Annie, you work with yeah. schools and teachers as well. With yeah, so I um, so another part of my work um, is with Sparklers, which is a wellbeing toolkit um, developed for school classroom use for teachers, and it came about mm. as in um, after the Christchurch earthquakes. Um, mm in order to support teachers who had noticed and were in turn supporting tamariki that were having higher levels of anxiety, emotional dysregulation, um, expected mm. expected um, kind of mm. behaviours and outcomes, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but um, en masse, <laughs> pretty tricky, and, and, and they were yeah. worried, and... and yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, teachers do a beautiful job of um, doing all that they need to in those kind of post-traumatic times. Um, you know, the structure, routing, keeping things really calm, providing mm-hmm. a fee where um, needed, that sort of thing. They, they do that all beautifully, but they just wanted some extra tips, skills, strategies, ideas, and thus Sparklers was born. Um, yeah. So it's got... A bunch of activities, mm. I think over a hundred um, classroom activities on there that can take from five minutes through to a happy hour, I guess, or even longer. Some are kind of like week-long projects. Um, yeah, we would send some home mm. as like a homework yeah. type activity that could do they could do with their family. Yeah, um, and I mean, we all know Christchurch has gone through a lot over <laughs> yes, the last point. you know ten or so years, mm. and. Um, we were both teaching when the mosque um, mm. shootings happened, and mm. I think after that, they were mm. there were some incredibly useful resources in there um, to kind of pull oh, us back yeah. together. So thank you for that. And I think as well, like now that I'm a parent okay. as well as a teacher, I could see that they are so useful even at home with your kids, not just for teachers in the classroom. So true. I use them all the time. Yeah. With oh, my kids as kind of a recentering tool. Yeah. And I think because we probably use them every day, didn't we, during like roll time or at the end of yep. the day with the kids mm. in class. Mm. And I think we just became so familiar with them that you, you know, you can adapt them to, to toddlers and things. So, yeah. Thank you so much for those resources. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> they have saved us many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so nice to hear, actually. I mean, um, when I'm not facilitating or working one-on-one with parents, a lot of the work that I do is kind of oversight work. So I do all the writing for Sparklers, but, um, you know, and, and I hear, you know, from teachers that it's doing well, but, you know, you never quite know how it's going to work out. You write these activities and you've got it in your head and you think, oh, I'd do it this way, but you never quite know. And I'm not a teacher, so, you know, I'm kind of, yeah. you know, relying on a lot of guesswork. I do have a teacher in my team uh, thankfully, <laughs> who yeah, will tell me when something honestly... is not going to work or it's going to be too chaotic or um, yeah. those sorts no, of things. No, they were great. And Catherine, she was the assistant principal and I was the kind of well-being coordinator oh, for Sumner. Yeah. So we, like, firsthand, you know, organising lesson plans for all the teachers and things, they were always the ones that we would go for. So. Oh, definitely. 
yeah and and like you say you can you can adapt them for different classes and you know or you know if you had a class at the start of the year and you thought oh, i need to go back to basics with these sparklers because yeah. you know your previous class had really got the hang of them by the end so oh it's great cause they were so easy to adapt and work with yeah but yeah i think they'd be amazing amazing tool for parents too yeah well on the sparklers website which is just sparklers.org.nz there is sparklers at home so that was created um in a week (laughs) i just just had terrible nightmare visions of me doing that in the first week of lockdown the first one um in order that they could be adapted for home use i know and oh it was um that was yeah, yeah, it was. It was so funny actually working a on a well-being activity. What's that? Sorry. Sorry, I bet that was a lifesaver for many, many parents. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess the other beauty of my work is that um, a lot of the time I'm writing stuff that I can implement inside of my own home. It's almost like I write for the parent I wish I was, <laughs> or you know. Um, yeah, and then and it gives me ideas, and I think about how much more I need to go back to play, you know, and the basics myself. And yeah, it means that I can be, um, yeah, much more reflective. Um, yeah, 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 and tune in. I think that's such an interesting way to say that, you know, like being designing it for the parent you wish you could be. Cause <laughs> I think so often I picture the parent I'd like to be with everything you know like the things I'm feeding my children or the way I play with them yeah. or yeah. interact with them and it's it's so hard living up to that isn't it it's, I guess it's finding that middle ground isn't it yeah that's right and and I guess the thing is that we wouldn't we you know a perfect parent is actually not who our children need um they need yes. somebody that makes mistakes and they need somebody that will own up to those mistakes and they need somebody that shows their emotions, the huge array of them and acknowledges them and talks about them. And, um, yeah, so so I don't know. It, it is, it's, it's a hard world parenting, but honestly, we do need to cut ourselves some slack. Um, it don't, you know, I keep going back to, you know, good enough is absolutely spot on perfect. Um yeah, and I have to keep reminding myself of that as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah I think... Oh, it's so easy to be so hard imagine on yourself. And I can imagine for you in your job, it's the person you probably need to remind the most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess so. Do you know what? I, I see a lot of parents, obviously, and the same things come up over and over again that parents feel bad or ashamed about and um and I guess that's that thing where I'm talking about feeling alone in it because we don't talk about that stuff it's um yeah and and so lots of parents actually just need validating they just need to know they they think whatever's going on for them is is wrong and bad um, but actually, you know, you know, it would be very, you know, few times that anything would be a first again for me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you think people like don't like to speak about if they're struggling or if they find things hard? Like, like I know myself. You know, if I've got friends coming over, you always want to make sure the house is tidy mm. and you look like you've got your shit together. Mm. But 
but actually that might make them be like, oh God, Georgia's got her shit together, but actually I don't. <laughs> you know, it's kind of this, you're always putting on like a front, even, I don't, does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, it does, it really does. Um, yeah, I... Same with, pe- same with behaviour stuff, yeah. I find. You know, like if I'm out and about yeah. <laughs> and people are watching yeah. me with my children yeah. managing a tantrum, it's quite different to how I do it at mm. home. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> Which is, is is terrible, but you know. You yeah, can... no, 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 I get it. I totally get it. And I think parenting is hugely personal, isn't it? And I think that's what makes it mm. difficult to talk about. We mm. don't want, you know, it's, you know, and it comes back to that thing of we do feel like we should be good at this. And it's challenging. Yeah. And yeah. so, but we want, but, but you know, there's this thing about we should be good at this. I guess that, you know, what else are there things that we come at that we think we should be good at and then discover that we're not? I, my, skiing is my thing. Is that I, I, I think after so many years of skiing, I should be good at it and I'm not. Um, and it's embarrassing. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> um, and people have a lot of opinions yeah. on parenting too, and and you yeah. know they'll comment oh. on whether or not yeah. they think somebody's a good parent or not, and um, yeah. So there's you know there, there's this opportunity because I I, I don't know. I, I mean I I guess it's it's so. It's, you know, parenting is, happens here, doesn't it? In your face, you know. Um, and yeah. we don't get many opportunities mm. to kind of reflect on our responses. And I'm sure lots of parents, I know I... <laughs> That's not right. Sorry about that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know so often I sit in the evening and replay the day's mm. events mm. in terms of, you know, things that have happened with the kids and think, oh, if I'd... Small things, you know, like, oh, if I got home a bit sooner, I could have avoided that yeah. meltdown or, you know, how I should have dealt with this. And you do beat yourself up every evening yeah. about it, don't you? And then, but that, oh, sometimes you but that's have to say, not, but that's not a bad thing because, you know, there's a difference between, sh- you know, we feel guilty as parents, you know, that comes with being a parent and which is different to feeling shame, um, and the beautiful thing about guilt is yeah. that it propels us into wanting to do better next time or get it right or apologise. or, And yeah. that's what's happening for us when we're doing that stuff. Um, and as long as we're not sitting in it and wallowing in it and ruminating in it and really mm. beating ourselves up about yeah. it, it's okay for us to kind of recognise that there's things that we would do differently next time. Um, and kind of learn for that. But, you know, I mean, you know, I I think I posted something up on social yesterday, which was, you know, I still think that I can get ready in 15 minutes, but I continually, you know, show myself that I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So I'm not always learning from... (laughs) Yeah, that is a really good point. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Maybe um, one day. Wasn't there a sparkler? Wasn't there a sparkler on that? that was yeah, we did. Um, so in terms of 
with a lollipop stick. Yes, that's right. Yeah, of course you've got a good memory. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, um, how to make a good habit. I still use it for myself yeah. now with things like drinking water yeah. when I wake up in the morning, yeah. those types of yeah. things. Yeah, that acknowledgement of, um, uh, you know, what it is that we're going to do differently and what habit we're going to form and then having something in place that reminds us of that and that celebrates that as well along the way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's important for, I guess, ourselves and our children and us as a family, isn't it? Yeah, that's your, that's your fair dinkum sticker chart right there, isn't it? <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, family yeah, totally. sticker chart or, yeah, parent yeah. sticker chart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we need a <laughs> I sticker chart. I could probably chart. do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Anna, we know that you offer coaching sessions um, for parents, which is definitely something that think we've probably all felt like we've needed at some point oh yeah (laughs) and do you find that there's a particular age or maybe a developmental stage that is like the most common time when parents reach out to you um we do i was just analyzing stats the other day and um four-year-old boys (laughs) um pop up quite a lot so and I, I think that what that's about is um, autonomy is that at four I mean this isn't just for boys it's for girls as well where you know it's kind of like I can do it myself and um, mm. and oh, there's man, that that started and he's only two <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I um and kind of four and and four year olds is kind of like feels like quite a big leap um Mm. and there's things that we worry about with our four-year-olds that again are perfectly normal like our four-year-olds are desperately social you know they really love people and they love having friends generally and they want to have friendships but then they're still learning how to do that well so they might you know love their friends so much that they bite them or um you know or they're not that great at sharing things because you know there's also jealousy um overtakes them sometimes and um so that's why we see and they're also um the wonderful thing about four-year-olds is they're learning to lie it's it's a wonderful time you know because they're um (laughs) recognizing that they can they don't always have to tell the truth so if you know um you know, if mum asks me if I ate my carrots but I fed them to the dogs and she doesn't know that and I say, yes, what's the response to that and will that make me lie again next time or not? Um, And it's also part of their kind of big imaginary world as well at that age and stage too. Um, So I guess those are the sorts of things that parents kind of worry about and that's yeah. probably why we see quite a lot of, you know, parents of four-year-olds. Um, four-year-olds. Oh. Yeah, yes. And there's also that that's kind of really concern for parents that they're going to be going to school soon, yeah. and they freak out. Like yeah. I remember from my four-year, my youngest, who basically grew up by osmosis, because I do have a middle step child in there as well. <laughs> And um, yeah, she's the smallest pup at the bowl, you know. So she's kind of like, and she's also kind of my fire t- uh, cracker. Her temperament is, is quite fiery. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, that's right. What's she doing? Oh, that's right. She was doing the ABC. She was four, so she was turning five in January. It was just before Christmas. She was doing the ABCs, and she thought the Alamino was actually 
a letter of the alphabet. And I couldn't oh. convince her that it was L M N O, and she was oh, just like so she couldn't, ha- she wouldn't have it. And so that year for Christmas, I did the worst thing that a parent could do, and she got bunches, she got heaps of educational toys when she hated Santa that year, um, oh. because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to prepare her for school. I thought, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, I've done it wrong, and she doesn't know anything, and blah blah blah, and so I panicked. But actually, you know, in the first week of school, they'll sort that out. Oh, I've been a new entrant teacher. That's what that's what school's for. You don't need yeah, to worry thank about you. that. <laughs> yes, nicely reassuring. Thank you. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think that's the other part about four year olds as well is that we yeah we worry that they're not going to cope or manage when it comes to school time. Mm. And do you yeah. think parents worry about that because they think that's been a reflection on themselves and them oh, as a parent? God. <laughs> I did. I was like, oh no, I was going to think that I haven't put in the time or the effort or, um, you know, or, you know, or that she's stupid. Um, And, you know, and which is ridiculous. We talk ourselves into ridiculous things. Um, I've had comments, I don't know if you have, Catherine, people are like, oh, you're a teacher, your kids will be bright (laughs) or they'll be, they'll be reading well before they go to school. I'm like, no, I'm not doing, you know, I feel like I'm going to be the other way. If anything, it will be, yeah, I was going to say, if anything... I'm, I just think, oh, play, yeah. just play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, they don't need much else. And I think as well, um, in the UK, because they start school at um, four in the UK, when I taught the four-year-olds there, I remember thinking they must be exhausted mm. at the uh. end of the day because the <laughs> it was like it was like an episode of a you know like a drama every single day with falling out friendships and like you say learning about lying and then someone wasn't someone's friend and you know some of them cry multiple times in a day and you think that is so, that's so draining for them isn't it <laughs> poor little i mean imagine if our work was like that if we had to kind of like Aww. be bundled in with some highly emotional people who, you know, were telling the odd lie that was, you know, interesting and we didn't quite know whether or not to believe it or not. And, you know, our friends, you know, bit us that day. You know, whatever, you know. Can you, I just can't even <laughs> imagine what their lives must be like. And it, it, it's good to reflect on that stuff, eh? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, definitely. It's so overwhelming. I think that's probably why as teachers, I think, that's enough for them to handle <laughs> at that age. You know, I don't need to be pushing oh, much yeah. else. They get an ABC. It's all good. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, it's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we've, I guess we've kind of touched on this, but what are, the, what are the most common concerns that parents bring to you when they come to you for the coaching sessions? Um, I guess... Uh, I mean, we've always been seeing a lot of um, parents worried about their children being anxious um, and emotional dysregulation. So, you know, kids tantruming out um, far more or longer than um, parents are managing. Um, With older kids, it's often that kind of... um, that the parent and child has stopped communicating in in some way or another... Um, so it feels very negatively okay. focused, lots of eye rolls and, um, you know, tiffs, arguments, oh, right. power, you know, yeah, um, sort of 
hustling for power, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So we do see a lot of that as well. Or, or we see um, parents who have acted or behaved in a way that they don't, you know, that they, they don't feel comfortable with. And like we talked about, they're not the parent that they want to be. Um, and they you know feel real shame or sadness around that um so there's that as well um yeah and then we also do a lot of work with parents in terms of you know I mean that that was all related to um parenting styles as well so that's one of the things that we uh kind of work on is um choosing choosing the parent that you want to be based on the styles that we kind of have available to us and so there's uh, there's four predominant parenting styles that we see regularly and um, we always talk about them as kind of the rock so authoritarian parents need to do as I say um, and often we can relate to somebody in our lives that's been like that it was very common um, particularly in Pakeha kind of uh, culture um, up until around about the, um, oh, well, I guess, you know, uh, up until only around about 16 years ago when the, the change to Section 59 happened, um, which was the anti-smacking mm-hmm. law. Um, and oh, then, yes, yeah. yeah, and so, uh, and then, bef- and then the, on the other kind of like, continuum of that is what we'd call grass style of parenting which is very laissez-faire wishy-washy um uh you know quite inconsistent um no kind of routine or structure and yeah both of that rock and that and a grass can feel quite unsafe for children um yeah and then in the middle of that and the type of parenting that we talk about is the Rako, the tree style of parenting. And I would say we call it a tree because it's got deep roots and it provides nurture, shelter, um, and it will bend but not break. Um, and it's all, always very relationship focused. So it's all about having a deep, connected relationship with your child. <clears throat> Um, and then the other kind of part, the newer form of parenting style that we have is the helicopter parenting that's kind of mm. come to light um, very recently. And it's so interesting to kind of think about what kind of parent you are. And it's kind of normal mm-hmm. to traverse across them a little bit. But if we can remain as trees, that's a, that's a great thing. So, um, you know, Christmas Day for me, you know, um, I... Mm-hmm. I, you know, if I'm teaching my kids to ride their bikes, I'm a rock. It's kind of like you do as I say. Otherwise, that car, that um, that bike's in the back of the car, and there's no questions asked here because there's a real yeah. safety um, <laughs> issue there. And then you know, Christmas Day, I've had champagne for <laughs> breakfast. Anything goes. Yeah. And so you know, I'm on. You know, I'm very. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. You know, and. Um, I've worked hard up until that point. I'll tell you what, that is my day off. And um, there's enough family around to kind of manage. And, uh, yeah, but then the other, this other style of parenting, the the helicopter one, is actually where I pop to. And I have a theory about the helicopter style of parenting. We've come from quite an authoritarian rock style of parenting and just slowly moved towards being more tree-focused and more kind of relationship-focused, which is um, which is great because we know that that's the best outcomes for our kids in terms of um, 
uh, you know, kids who are happy and can manage the world. Um, But we know this sort of authorian um, uh, style of parenting, and it's also kind of rarely related to control. Um, so when we want to control our kids, we'll go to rock style of parenting. But nowadays, rock style of parenting is kind of not okay. We know that, which is great. Mm. But what we do instead is pop into helicoptering out in order to do the control. So over-reassuring, over-kind of, um, uh, you know, it's called, often called bubble wrapping or um, mm. cotton walling our kids as well. So... Um, actually, my children say to me, "Stop helicoptering out on me." Um, so, like for example, <laughs> um, we hear from universities that they see more parents nowadays than they ever have before, because it'll be the parents that come in right. and talk about the grade that their child should have got, or oh, wow. they'll yeah, 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 really interesting. So, so when we're doing that, if we're doing that, we know we're helicoptering out, and we need to stop it, just mm. stop it. Um, and it, but it is where I go. Yeah. Like so, for example, for me with my seventeen-year-old daughter, she wanted to apply for a job when she was fourteen. I went, oh yeah, internally I rolled and thought she'd never get around to it. Um, and she <laughs> did apply for a job that came up, and I said, oh oh oh, helicoptering out. I can help you with your CV. And she went, okay, yeah, cool, blah, blah, blah. And I'm quite busy and I forgot about it. Um, and then she said, oh, I've applied for that job. And I said, oh, all right, I've never seen that CV. Um, and I said, oh, okay, cool. And then she got an interview for the job and then they didn't get back to her. And I and she said, that's quite rude, eh, Mum? And I was like, oh, yeah, it is quite rude. And she said, I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to email them. And I'm like, oh, 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 helicopter out. I can help you with that email. And yeah. um, she's like, oh, yeah, oh, thanks, Mum, blah, blah, blah. And I'm quite busy and a terrible parent sometimes, and I forgot about it. And then she came out and she said, I did email them and I text them, which is just, I was like, oh, who texts something yeah. about a job? <laughs> um, and so, anyway, um, I was kind of semi-mortified but I thought oh yeah good on you and um yeah good on her yeah yeah and but she she yeah and she got the job because they liked her tenacity and Mm. mm. now I would have got in the way of that if I'd helicoptered out on her because Mm. I would have you know pampered the way around that and probably Mm. not come across as strongly as she did but you can see so what I'm trying to do in that, you can see what I'm up to, can't you? Can you identify what it is that I'm trying to, uh, you know, ha- help her with? I say help, but not really. Yeah, I, I guess are you. Um, I guess you're trying to what do you, what do they call it? Kind of steamroll any obstacles that might be That's in her right. way to yeah. ensure that she. It is. Do you call it? We called it steamrolling, wasn't it? Yeah, um, or lawn mowing as well. Yeah, lawn mowing. Yeah. Yes. Any obstacles so that you know everything's easily, you know, easily comes to them, and you avoid any difficulties. That's right. That's right. And you can see why that's not that great for our kids, um, because the learning not is for not for resilience. Yeah. That's exactly right. And the other thing is too is that I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to rescue her, which is the helicopter way, rescue her from feeling mm. disappointment, and yeah like she's failed because I've felt those feelings and they're revolting, they're horrible. 
and I want to protect my children from them. But the thing is that if she doesn't feel that when she's 14, she's got nothing to relate to when she misses her first exam at university or doesn't get that first job when she, you know, goes for the big one. And so what she needs to do is feel disappointment while she's younger so that when she's older, she can go, I know this feeling, this is yuck. This feels awful, but I've been here before and I'll be okay. Yeah. Mm. And that's why helicoptering out is so, yeah, it gets in the way of our kids being able to be resilient. And it also makes them incredibly anxious, as does rock style of parenting, laissez-faire style of parenting. So we need our children to feel these things and support them as opposed to rescue them. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's so hard. I found myself just even this week doing it when uh, my three-year-old had made a friend who he'd been playing with for a few play dates and then there was a, we went to a play date and there was another friend there and, and the girl turned around to him and said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I want to play with this friend instead. Like, you can yeah. go. And it's, and he came up to me and said, she says she doesn't want to be my friend and I love her. Mm. I just, mm. oh. And I said, I, in my head I was thinking, do I go over and not say something to the other three-year-old, but, you know, try and <laughs> try and get her to reintroduce him into the game. But, oh, it's so soul-destroying yeah. Yeah. Then, that moment, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's horrible. And I think uh, before you have kids, it's, it's easy to be like, I'm not yeah. going to be a helicopter parent. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be like that. And then oh. when they come along, you're like... But I want I want to protect them from anything. Yeah. yeah. But actually, they need yeah. to. You're right. They need to learn because one day they will, and it's easier if they've learned a little bit now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And oh gosh, it's hard. It is really hard because their emotions are our emotions. We we made these little beings, um, and so they are so connected to us, and they also know us so well too. Um, yeah, it's an incredibly oh, yeah. special relationship, isn't it? Um, yeah, but that that's what it is. But it's okay for, you know, it's okay for your son to, to feel that she doesn't want to be, you know, his friend in that moment. Mm. And, you know, an hour later he will have forgotten about it. But we haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I know. I'll be remembering this when the girl breaks his heart, you know, when he's 18. I'll think this is where it started. Yes. <laughs> you should not. I allowed that to happen. Gonna... I should never have allowed that to happen. I allowed it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So um, what would you say are some strategies or pieces of advice that you feel are, are most beneficial to parents on a day-to-day basis when you're dealing with tricky emotions? You know, the, I guess the struggling to regulate emotions type situations would you say there's any any good tips that you can just have in your back pocket right for that moment um uh the yeah so i i'd all these there's there's three things that i think are kind of fundamental one is play and i know that sounds frivolous and weird but you know what you know the the you know how um how extraordinary play is in terms of relationships and learning and and it's um it's reciprocal so in our play with our children we get to know them and they get to know us and 
when we pl- spend time or choose to spend time playing with our kids, we're also telling them you're important, what you do is important, what you do is it matters, um, this is important work, um, and yeah, you know, and 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 it does everything for connecting and building relationships, even when they felt fraught, and so. Often or sometimes I work with parents who you know, you know, have kind of. Uh, this isn't. Uh, it's almost like sometimes I think that my job is about helping parents fall back in love with their kids. Um, yeah. Yeah, because there is those moments when we we love our kids to bits, but there's sometimes that we actually don't like them. Um, yeah. And when that continues on for too long, we have we're we're the adult and we're the person that needs to do something about that in order to mend that and I would always say go back to play go back to child-led play do what they want to be doing and spend time with them in their world um, and see what that brings Um, do that consistency just 10 minutes a day um, will make a huge amount of difference and even if you make the promise that you'll spend 10 minutes playing each day um, just doing what they want to do the second thing I'd say is emotional literacy, emotional to naming emotions as they come up. Um, and that, again, isn't this weird? We say these things and we go, so this is not, it's like breathing. You know, when people say, what do you need to do to regulate? You need to breathe. We all just go, you what? <laughs> but actually, it's a fundamental because yeah. what it does is a, you know, it, um, it means that what we do when we take a big tummy breath is that it hits our vagus nerve and tells our brains to calm down. So it's actually a mechanism to tell our brains and tell ourselves that, the, you know, that we're okay and it works, you know. Um, um, but it feels so, it sounds so frivolous, doesn't it? And the same same with us, we're going to name emotions. Um, so we're going to play and we're going to name emotions. And <laughs> the naming emotions is about, um, uh, it's about integration between us feeling an emotion and us understanding that this is an emotion and this too will pass. Um, so that's, the kind of neuroscience behind it and if you want to look further at that honestly go to Dr Daniel Segal he's like massive in that space or the Brainwave Trust um, okay. they do beautiful work which is um, around that uh, you know integration and talking about how um, naming emotions he his kind of catchphrases you've got to name it to tame it um, yeah and the uh, it's beautiful okay. isn't it because I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where somebody's actually named mm-hmm. an emotion that you're feeling. So you've gone somewhere, you're feeling really pent up or something's going on for you. And then somebody says, hey, you seem really... And they mm. they say it and it might be sadness or it might be bewilderment. It might be pensiveness. And all of these are emotions that, you know, we have and feel. And then what happens is that sometimes we'll cry when they say it Mm. because it's a release Mm. it releases it for us and it connects us with each other so it's kind of like you get me you understand me and I'm not alone in this and so that's why I would always say name your emotions for your kids and for you name your kids emotions as you see them come up it doesn't matter if you get it wrong extend their emotional vocabulary in order that they understand that these are normal yeah and yeah 
And, 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 you know, being dysregulated, being angry, frustrated, sad, you know, excited. Oh, my Lord. I'd rather be dealing with a child that's hugely anxious than something that's hugely excited. Um, are all natural and normal. It's just that we're learning how to manage and cope with them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then I think the other thing that I would say is praise um, because it's one, that relationship building stuff around what you do, um, I notice, and what you do brings joy. Um, yeah. And so finding those things, even if it's just like, wow, I love the way you licked that carrot um, at the dinner table <laughs> when you've got a child that's not refusing food or smelt the carrot or touched the carrot. Um, yeah. yeah, it's going to make a difference. And actually, praise yeah. is a strategy. People don't know that um, because it changes behaviour. You do enough praise yeah. around a specific thing. You know this as teachers. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. That one it rule. changes Number the behaviour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's... And it does it in a beautiful yeah, way. 100%. It does it in a way that's really positive and relationship-focused and very tree-style parenting as opposed to, stop it, don't do that, da, da, da. I told you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's I guess fun. those like, are my three top we learn, tips. You know, we mm. learn all these things as teachers and it's actually this remembering yeah. that you can just use that in your parenting as well. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, and getting good at spotting those moments where you can where you can say, you know, you can praise. It's, yeah, remembering those things, isn't it? And quite often I find it's after maybe it started to turn to custard and I thought, oh, but he was doing this thing so yeah. well just beforehand and I know if I praised him on that, I could yeah. have avoided it. Yeah, good learning. Oh, yeah. I know. Every day is a school day. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we've actually got into such a gross habit of my oh, son my loves praise now for his poos and to the point where he wants descriptions of them and just, you just think how how is this what i'm doing today how am i describing a poo in the toilet just that's so that's true, when they say things now. like you know when we complain about parenting they say oh look you knew what you were getting into we really didn't we didn't know that we'd be describing no. poos did we that wasn't no no that wasn't part part of it no at all. no um, no <laughs> Those are such such great tips. Um, they're the type of ones I want to write on my mm. fridge just so I see them every day to remind me of those things because they're so simple and easy and it's not, you know, a script or uh, it's nothing that you have to actively do. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That, yeah, they're, they're, and they're sim- hopefully simple and available to everybody. You don't have to have... Mm run out and buy the academic book um, or, yeah. you know, read it. <laughs> or, yeah, um, yeah, no. <laughs> it is the hard bit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I mean, that's the hard bit. <laughs> but, but it's cool though, isn't it? It's cool because, I mean, what you're saying to me, and you, 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 you both do this a lot, that you reflect on your parenting go, if only, or at the end of the day you're tired and you go through the day and think about all those Things that kind of, you know, stop us from enjoying the moment of relaxation once everybody's in bed. Um, mm. But it also means that 
what I love about parenting is that it's reciprocal. Like what I notice about my kids is that hopefully I'm teaching them, but shit, they teach me. Um, There's that kind I just, I love that actually. And it gets more interesting as your children get older. Um, I bet. Yeah. Because they, because they're curious and yeah, and 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 they know things that they bring to you, and you know, and I've got to think through probably much more with my teenager how I'm going to react to things compared to my seven-year-old, um, mm-hmm. who I can be, you know, you know, imminently reactive in a mostly positive way to, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the teenage years. Can't wait. Oh, it's... I mean, our youth are just... I mean, I'm really... I I feel really hopeful about our youth. They never cease to amaze me about what they know, what they're interested in, the the fights that they're fighting on our behalves. And, yeah, and that's so damn cool. They're so much cooler than me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so if you're having troubles with some tricky emotions um, within your family at the moment kind of at what point would you recommend seeking some help oh, I guess when you want to um, or when you want to or want you know feel like you want to learn more or yep. when you got a specific problem that you want to work through or you want to figure out if it's normal um, or if you need some reassurance or some guidance yeah yeah okay yeah so So any any time really yeah any time yeah any day um yeah that's right that's right and 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 knowing that that's okay yeah 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 Mm. I guess it's never too late if you're actually seeking help or advice. No. You're doing it, which I guess is what's important. Yeah, quite. That's right. That's right. And I think that that's one of the kind of issues that we face with children as people. You know, um, obviously I work a little bit inside of um, uh, social services as well. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear people, you know, talk about children like it's too late never too late it's never too late if you you know if you go back to play relationship praise naming emotions and finding some ways to regulate breathing would be one of those uh that's that you know even kids who have been through trauma that's going to make a really positive difference if it's consistent for them Mm. yeah good that's so lovely to hear yeah um, so just before we go, Anna, we wanted to quickly speak about Takai. I did say that, yeah. didn't I? Takai. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Takai. Yeah. So you have a webinar coming up on Wednesday, the seventeenth of August, don't you? With um, did you say ten a.m.? Yeah, at ten a.m. So it's a yeah, so a free webinar. That's um, so there's myself and Jason Tiatia who um, works for the Brainwave Trust and. Um, is hugely into sport. He was an ex All Black um, and Sevens, New Zealand Sevens oh, wow. player, and oh. does a lot of work um, in prisons. 
Um, so there's him and then there's Lynette Archer as well from Woven Fano, and she works a lot with grandparents parenting. Um, and yeah, so we're talking about the six principles or six uh, predominant ways that we can grow happy, um, competent kids. And right. yeah, and yeah, so they were developed by um, the Otago University. And so we're just talking about how we can bring those into our everyday lives in terms of our parenting, um, even, you know, in terms of our whānau relationships, you know, collegial relationships, all of those sorts of things and how they make Mm. um, a positive difference. So, yeah, it's lovely work. Tākai is um, an extraordinary initiative. It's a tiny little part of the Ministry of Social Development. Um, I'm lucky enough to to work with them regularly and um, tākau means to wrap. Um, oh, lovely. Oh, yeah, and lovely. it's it's predominantly about a return to maturanga styles of parenting because we know now with neuroscience that those um, indigenous ways of parenting that were recorded by early colonists actually align with the best, most nurturing ways and styles of parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's lovely. That's so great that um, that's an yeah. initiative. Yeah, right yeah. Something um, else to add on the list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I'm definitely going to be tuning oh, into cool. the webinar. Cool, cool, cool. It'll be lovely to see you there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing your huge wealth of knowledge with us, Anna. And it's just been so lovely to to just chat to you about parenting because it's something I feel like we don't do enough as parents is just chat about you know mm. the act of you know being a whānau and parenting and things like that so it's just yeah oh, it's oh thank you it has been lovely thanks for making it fun and yeah and allowing me to to talk about this deep passion as a parent and um you know and supporting others to parent mm. as well that's yeah I'm very lucky with what I get to do yeah.